Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that was right. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah. I'd, also um, be, I'd be cool to cut Skyrim. And save it? Because yeah, that's one that we can go back really to at like, any time. It's not really even a discussion about the game. It can happen okay. at any time. Yeah. Right. You're going to keep yeah. playing it anyway. Let's keep yeah. that on the back what? burner. No. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a good boy and play the games I'm supposed to. <laughs> Baba. Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 29, and my name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolary. Hey everybody. DJ Mandolini. Hello. And John Hines. Hello, hello. We've got the full crew back again, and we're here to talk about some more video games. Um, and I think we got a game that we all, we'll just dig right into it, and uh, we got a game that we all picked up recently, and uh, it's uh, called Mana Spark. Uh, this is a game from uh, the publisher is uh, Cubic Games, and I feel like that's mostly worth mentioning because they do a lot of like cross promotional deals. Where like at least on the Switch, I don't know if they have games on other platforms, but if you uh, if you own games, they'll do like ninety percent off, eighty yeah. percent off, fifty percent off. Sometimes I've even gotten a couple of games. I think transcripted and like gecko baba runner i forget what it's called it's some long name where you play as like these gnomes but it's some kind of auto runner but they were free i mean they're not like amazing games by any means but they're that you know we've talked about blazing beaks on the podcast before that's from uh from them which again that'll be half off it's half off right now and a lot of times they're the deals that stack but anyways we all decided to scoop up mana spark because uh we all owned blazing beaks and uh one strike and it was on sale for a dollar uh, thanks to this uh, cubic kind of loyalty program or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we picked up Mana Spark, which is like a top down pixel art twin stick shooter. Um, not too far off from like stuff like Enter the Gungeon or, or Binding of Isaac, but maybe mm-hmm. a little more methodical than that. Um, but I know DJ and John have probably played the most of this, uh, so I don't want the two of you guys take it away. Sure, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, take it away, DJ. Um, you beat the most bosses, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, one more than John. <laughs> yeah. That's twice as many. Mm. Um, yeah, I was, like, comparing this, like, in my head to uh, enter the gungeon, like, while I was playing. And I don't know, like, I, I don't think that that was maybe fair, because it, it feels like they're trying to, you know, set up two different tones, like... Enter the Gungeon is, like, kind of more upbeat, I'd say, and this game is, like, way more moody Mm -hmm. in its approach. Um, And so I feel like that that was maybe something that I think uh, maybe got in the way of me wanting to restart um, a run after I died. Because I feel like if there's a more driving theme, like, I'll be more naturally just want to jump right back into it. Right. but like there's a there's a lot of challenge to this game i'd say it's really hard right off the bat yeah yeah like oh, you die real quick. I, I died in like the second area i think <laughs> yeah. i don't know i think i died in the first, first area yeah. well, there's like two different like chapters or whatever you want to call them from the first area of zones mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, i died really quickly you only I get mean, those I, three I, hit points in the start right so yeah, yeah. and and if, i know if we're, you're the hunter oh yeah <laughs> and well so i yeah i was gonna say i was i was hoping there would be some new characters because right now you start out as kind of like a is it the hunter? Is yeah, that the main the hunter, character? And yeah. you just have a bow and arrow. And it's, you know, I know we're comparing it to Enter the Gungeon, but that is like a way more like spastic, like reflexive game. And th- this is definitely a more strategic, like at least with this hunter character, you're only able to shoot a 
pretty infrequently like you got to really like yeah if if you miss a shot oh yeah you're kind of screwed and and one of the things that this game goes for uh or one of the core conceits is like the enemies like the ai is supposed to be programmed to kind of like team up on you and swarm on you which is really cool like some of the smaller enemies will like hop on top of the back of like a wild boar that's charging at you and they're like Mm -hmm. shooting attack like they're not bow and arrows but some kind of like projectile at you while they're riding so that you can feel you can definitely feel like they know when there's the ai seems to interact with like hey there's three characters left or if there's only one they might be a little more timid where if there's three enemies left they might try to corner you it's it seems like there's a little bit of reactivity with the the ai design a thing that i do really appreciate honestly just from a, a difficulty standpoint is that also like enemies attacks also attack other enemies mm-hmm. so like if you're in a room that you're just getting over like like swarmed by them like occasionally like one of them will just take out an enemy and <laughs> <that'll> shield <laughs> yeah it's real nice i do love those elements in games yeah, and that's yeah. that's a pretty common trend, I would say, in like in the roguelike or roguelite roguelite genre, where it's like just yeah, just uh, even Spelunky, you know, all the way back to that, like you know, if a spike falls from the ceiling, yeah, it will hurt you, but it will also kill the enemy if it's right. underneath that. So I I really like that. Well, something uh, you know, going along with that, that I think I noticed was that uh, I think at one point I had I, I you know shot my projectile bounced off the wall and i think it like hit me and did damage oh okay (laughs) yourself up in this game (laughs) great and i I really like the interplay between at least i i have not even gotten to a boss in this game i've played maybe five to ten runs at the most and i've gotten to like the second area and there's like you know all the different types of things that you expect from one of these roguelike games where there's like different buffs and perks that you can buy in between the different zones or maybe you pick them up in in different rooms in the main area uh where it's like oh your attacks might slow down the enemy when you hit them or be poisonous to the enemy or Mm -hmm. but i but i really like how there's like there's kind of two tiers of enemies or at least in these first two areas maybe there's more than that but like there's like wild like animal enemies that will definitely attack you but also when you kill them they like provide health most right. of the time mm-hmm. or there's just enemies that are enemies like there's little spiders that are they're just there to attack you but there's like these wild boars that again we mentioned before some of the smaller enemies not the spiders but will might ride on their back and shoot shit at you but at the same time you can kill that wild boar and get a, a extra heart or two yeah and if so the, the wild boar is all that's left in a room you're you're the the, the doors of the room are unlocked. You can leave. Okay, you I, don't, yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah, you, you don't have to kill the boar in I order to that. clear the room. Yeah, it's just hostile enemies right. that you need to clear. One thing I really Makes liked sense. about this game as well, at least in the little bit that I've played, is like the, the layout of each floor or whatever, I know, at least in the terms of like Enter the Gungeon, like... It's a little more like explicit. It's like here's the it's like here's the locked door and it's like red on the map and yep. it's a little bit smaller. It's not like a sprawling floor. And it seems like it will now that I got once I got to the second area, it's definitely a much bigger map that you have, but you still kind of like you can kind of see where maybe you should go or you at least have some kind of inkling of like this looks like somewhere where I need to go to unlock that next challenge or unlock that door. Um, whereas enter the gungeon you do, although there is a lot of great conveniences in that game as well, where you're just able to teleport from room to room really quickly once you've unlocked them. But this seems like it's, uh, for being procedurally generated, it's like a little more scripted. I don't know. I I really appreciated that at least from the little bit I played, maybe that will start to get repetitive if it starts being the same challenges and, and switches and stuff like that. But I, I really liked what I've played so far and I'm excited to play more. 
Yeah, what I also like about the map is uh, similar to Enter the Gungeon, how like if there's any items that you have, you know, that are still in the room, it yes. shows up on the mini map. Like if like, you okay. leave the meat behind, yeah. like health, yeah. you can know, and, and, coins, and you can actually leave it behind, you, yeah. it won't disappear. That is nice. And you're, co- and you're collecting, are they runes or relics? <laughs> yeah. Is that what they're called? Yeah, they're runes. And that, that actually is, so the... Uh, at least at the beginning, when you're doing your like first couple runs, you're just trying to collect runes so that you can unlock. You have an encampment that you go back to in between each run, which is and... another great conceit in this game. Like I really like the structure and like the it makes sense. Like the roguelike elements like actually get tied into gameplay. Yeah, which I really yeah. like. And like each time that you die, and like the first couple times, like there's usually if you've given enough runes that you've collected in a run to like the first person that you met at the encampment, they found it. They've recruited another person who like will either give you a sub weapon or will give you a uh, buff like that through um, like making a meal for you before you head out. Um, and uh, the one that I actually really appreciated early on was the. Uh, it would unlock a weakness for a certain enemy, and I think all it did was decrease the health of the enemy. Nice. Oh, really? Yeah. If you, oh, I if wasn't you, gonna invest in any of that. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> like I thought it was just going like at first I was like, okay, I don't know what else I'm gonna use these small amounts of runes on. Like maybe it'll just tell me like, oh, here's a strategy on That's how to beat. That's what I was expecting. Right, and then I did it, and then it just like had a little like purple broken heart next to them, oh. and it just said weakened. So huh. like, I w- if okay. there was a specific enemy that I was having trouble with, like I and do for not me- deserve this hint. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, w- I was having like a real rough time with like the orcs, who are these like guys that were like throwing axes and would just charge at you, and they just took so many hits, like with your like base damage, and then like you know putting that weakness on them, like pretty sure to like cut them down for half. Holy shit! <laughs> it was real good. <laughs> Because it's like, I'd say it's a, a decent amount of runes. Like, I, I, I've i just been saving them really for the, the guy who makes the meals yeah. primarily. And so I'm like, ah, it's not worth investing these runes. And the, the, it sounds like it is worth it. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. But also, like, I haven't done many runs. Like, back when you were saying, like, you know, with Gungeon, like, you you cycle back. Like, you feel pumped up to do a run. Like, I will basically just do one run every time I boot up this game. I'm kind of same boat. Yeah, one run run even if it's just five minutes 15 minutes whatever i play one and i'm done but so uh, also in that way i haven't like built up a large bank of runes Fair. so like when i don't I, have any <laughs> <laughs> wait you can bank them between runs is that yeah, what you so, have to so have in between to to, uh, in between each like area right like the first zone and the second zone you you like get to like a little treasure chest that you essentially deposit your runes that you've collected thus far and then it says, like, someone will come to collect these and bring them back to the encampment. I so see. you can stockpile them, which is really nice. You don't you do like if you then progress from that point on, and you don't get to the next little split between zones. You will lose any runes you've collected between then and there. But I really appreciate that they let you keep, you know, OK, you got past this challenge. You get to keep those three rooms that you've already picked up. Yeah, right? I, I will say that my biggest complaint is comes from the fact that uh, there wasn't one of those rooms at, immediately after the first boss fight that I beat. Oh, and, okay. Like it just com- went directly that back into the dungeon. Six runes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had twelve runes and I had like one saved up from my camp, so I was just like, "Cool, that's all of the runes I ever made." You know, but I kind of like that. I kind of like, or at least potentially. Again, I haven't even beaten a boss in this game or even gotten to a boss, but I like the idea of like 
that risk reward, I guess you don't have a choice in this perspective where like you beat the boss, you got to keep trying to progress. But like mm-hmm. it again, we talked or at least I mentioned like this game had a little more of a strategic element than games like Enter the Gungeon. And I, I really like that, like edge of your seat. I've only got one heart left. I can only take one more hit. Right. And these enemies like again, the AI is it's not like. It's not like it's like um, this amazing AI system, but it, but it really is like a little it's not just enemies swarming you or like we talked about last week with uh, with ninja saviors. Like it's it's enemies that are kind of coordinating an attack. It's not yeah. just they're taking their turns one at a time and you can dispatch them one after another. Um, I, I appreciate that. You you do have to kind of assess the situation and and see where you're at. But what, what do you think, Randall? We've been kind of drowning out over here a little bit oh no i've I've been kind of a little quiet on purpose because i'm I'm not quite as high (laughs) on this as as you guys have been uh i I agree with all the points that you brought up and uh, like kevin i haven't even seen a boss battle yet so that's weight (laughs) that into what i'm saying here but um i don't know it just never quite captured my attention mana spark uh i i felt like there's like a level of polish that they didn't quite get to before they released it um even little yeah, things like I see the that, way the font sure. on screen and stuff like the, that. I'm like, oh my, yeah. I'm so glad you brought up the font because that is so jarring. Yeah. I bet it's a when, font. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before on the podcast too, but when games have like a super pixelated art style, yeah. and this is like a pretty primitive, a good, like really minimalistic, it looks, it looks yeah, great. I don't have yeah, a problem it, with the style of the game. But but when you add like a really clean, like Times New Roman text, yeah. like you gotta, if the game is pixelated, pixelate that yes. font. Like I just, it's unbelievable. Believable to me because I, I hate that jarring aspect. It's a small thing, but it definitely it pulls you know, it, it takes away from the immersion a little bit. Like yeah, we absolutely. talked about some a game like Chasm that we were all you know everyone was pretty mediocre on at least in in general reviews, but we were all pretty high on that yep. game. Uh, I know DJ hasn't played it, but but the three of us were pretty high on that game, and it, a lot of that really did come down to like the Polish. menu, everything. It was just such a cohesive package. Yep. And uh, and this game is. Uh, I think offering that on the gameplay level, at least yeah. for me, but but again, on the whole polish overall, even just like the, the character, like on the menu screens and like that, that the paintings or whatever of the characters, it's like... It's so jarring, like how looks, beautiful like the art, the character oh, beautiful. art beautiful. You think beautiful. I, I, think I can't stand it. All right. I, like that put me off on the game. <laughs> like just seeing like the initial like thumbnail, I was like, ah, I don't know. But then I saw the pixel art and that sold me. But you're, you feel otherwise? Yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite of you. <laughs> <laughs> I see this bullshit pixel art, and I'm like, yeah, give me that. Give me the screens. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. No, and, and it is, like, on the generic side of pixel art. Like, it's a, it's a little yeah. blocky. Like, it's almost like... If you took like the the Super Sword Swords Brothers, sorcery, yep, yeah, yeah, and like, but all but made the characters like a little more squat and not so like tall and lanky, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of that like really blocky pixel art, like eight beat, like lower than eight bit, I would say. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely not novel anymore, which is I yeah, mean, that's okay too. It's a, I mean, we bought it for a buck, right? I'm not trying to like, beat <laughs> that, yeah, and 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 the game's normally ten bucks at its normal price, uh, but I I for what it's worth though, I I do think it has like. A nice variety, even in the first two zones without even seeing a boss. Yeah. Um, it does have a nice variety in like enemy design and and layout. Not not just the AI, but like the character design. Like I, I like enemy even behavior. with that. Yeah, and even with that primitive like pixel art set, it's like the zones do seem distinct and the the enemies seem distinct, and I, I appreciate that. I think the game gets way better once you beat the first boss because you then unlock 
uh, a new character you can use, the crossbow guard. Oh, yeah. And she is way better to play with. Huh. Okay. Oh, uh, disagree. Okay. Well, what I uh, am super keen on is the fact that with her, she can move and shoot at the same time. Whereas okay. with the hunter, you have to stay still while you shoot. Right. And her, I didn't even notice that. Her reload is like, it takes less time. Uh-huh. Um, but the, she she's also have, weaker. She's weaker and has less health. Yes. So, like two, two hearts, two, okay, two instead hearts. of three. Oh boy! Yeah. Okay, okay. It, it's it's the two hearts and it's the like m- more shots because I I think my biggest issue with the game overall is that like with a twin stick shooter I am not very precise and I'm not good at being precise. I, I suck as well. So <laughs> I, like with a binding of Isaac or with a gungeon, like I'm just like shooting bullets out like constantly auto Whereas fire this, yeah like, yeah this the binding like, of isaac's a little missing. different too because it, it's twin stick but isn't it just four directional yeah where like this is 360 I'm, degrees yeah. of, of motion see with uh the the hunter the the original character i'd say because the the reload, reload time is, is so is, longer it's i i even though he does more damage, I'm probably hitting less shots. And right. Correct. Yeah. I would say I'm taking less time killing enemies with the hunter. I, huh. Yeah. But you also, at least, I don't know, does the hunter have sub-weapons? Yes. Oh, okay. So I just didn't unlock them? Because I wasn't able to use, like, the bear trap weapon on... Interesting. Or, no, sorry, not the hunter, uh, the crossbow guard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought they had access to the same stuff. Yeah, I thought that was all... I haven't unlocked any characters, mm. but that seemed like it was just a secondary mechanic. Mm. Maybe maybe I just didn't select it. Maybe it wasn't <laughs> automatically well, unlocked. I think you have to get them, like, I, at least for me, in what I've played thus far, I've had to, like, buy the bear the trap with coins. Yeah, yeah at the, yeah. the in-between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Either way, like, I, I was having a, a difficult time. Like, I would aim and miss and then be like, well, I'm just going to run for a bit until I reload. So. Yeah, especially because a lot of the enemies have shields in this game. And yes. that slows it down a lot. I'd say and you got to, like, you got to wait for a window. It's, it's methodical. Again, you can't just, like, enter the gungeon. You're just kind of, like, plowing through the levels and, like, right. mowing down enemies. This is, like, you got to think, like, okay, this enemy's got a shield. I got to wait for it to attack. Yep. I got to roll, you know, dodge roll out to the right and get behind him and, and shoot this skeleton that's got a shield and a crossbow. So I, I'm really excited to play more of this game. I know we're, I guess we're all pretty mixed, but I, I'm really excited. I've been looking for another game that's going to kind of fill that Enter the Gungeon void. I know we've, I think, briefly brought it up on the podcast, like, DJ myself and then our buddy glenn really got sucked into that game enter the gungeon and i've been kind of looking for something that will fill that void for a while and this game is for me really offering like a a similar like mindset but at the same time i'm, I'm getting into that I, I really am liking the strategic elements of this game so i'm excited to play some more and to see what these bosses have to offer and uh, apparently the game will only get better from here there you go so <laughs> it's a dj guarantee <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, I think we can pretty much wrap it up there on yeah. uh, on Mana Spark and uh, from one game that we bought for super cheap on sale <laughs> to another. Um, I I didn't personally buy this myself, but DJ and John both scooped it up for I think a buck as well. Yes, we um, did. This is uh, this game's called Snowboarding: The Next Phase. From uh, this is published by Red Bull Media. So get your energy level up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's you know it's a it's a three D snowboarding game kind of like 1080 kinda, or, SSX. or like cool borders or anything of like the n64 playstation one era again it's got a little tighter 
uh, graphical design than that, but pretty primitive. Nothing, nothing. It's nothing flashy, at least from what I've seen from the little bit I've played. Again, I, I'm not one of the ones who bought it. So, John, you put the most time into this game. Why don't you uh, take the lead here? Sure. So, like before we record, most days, like we'll just be browsing through the eShop because there's always something on sale. <laughs> oh, and like 400 games. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> and so, you know, we were going through it and we we saw that there was this game and for the longest time we didn't even refer to it by its title because it was just snowboarding and Red Bull and, like, <laughs> and we saw that it was a dollar and it looked it looked good enough. Good enough. Yeah, it looked <laughs> like it was worth a night's fun for a dollar. And so right. because like we were going through screenshots and I, maybe even some video and like there wasn't much to it, but we're like, you know what? We're going to have some fun with this. It's absolutely going to be worth a dollar of us just having fun. Yeah, it's like kind of like a cel-shaded art style. Like yeah, nothing is stylized bad. as like Wind Waker or anything like that, but it's it's like a simplistic cel-shaded art style with a, a hint of realism, I guess. Yeah. So we booted it up and we started doing like a, a versus mode where DJ and I were just going down and then we quickly realized how difficult it was to not land a trick in this game. <laughs> like we started pulling off 2160s and quintuple or penta backflips. I was going to say, yeah, no quintuple. We're talking about penta, penta backflips here. Some so things like, aren't it, possible, guys. Yeah, we gotta get away not, not in snowboarding the next phase. <laughs> Uh, Nothing is impossible. But it as Kevin Garnett would say, yeah. it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, it was it was just a, a fun like amount of time that we spent just you know doing some wish fulfillment of landing every possible trick that we wanted to. It's a lot of fucking around. <laughs> yeah. I, and like it was like after we like did that we started playing like the arcade mode and the career mode. And we played a bit of the career mode, like, at that night. And, you know, they have little objectives like, oh, land a 360. And then we're like, okay, it's actually kind of hard to only land 360. (laughs) Yeah, I can't do a 2180? Are you kidding me? (laughs) But, you know, they give you these little goals, and then you were unlocking extra boards, extra, like... Uh, a snowmobile that would be in the background and they were all multiplying your score so like by the time we finished i think we were only at like 18 times the score multiplier but um i bought it uh because i was i had enough time and i was like yeah i'll I'll pay a dollar to have this on my own system right and i went back home and i started playing it and i realized just how massive the game was like <laughs> we had unlocked like three places uh, three zones and there's like 11 but oh, like wow. you need to finish 200 missions in order to unlock some of the later ones wow and there's only three missions per level and like each each zone has like multiple levels so like there is so much that went into this game and like but after like you clear all the bronze levels, it unlocks like, silver medals and then gold medals, and like they give you a recommendation on like what your score multiplier should be in order to like play some of the later levels. Like we weren't really noticing it when we were playing because we were keeping ma- pace with like whatever we unlocked was exactly the same as what they were recommending. But like once you get to the gold levels, it's like yeah, you know, we recommend you have a forty times multiplier on your score, <laughs> and like I would try to you know. And it's like, oh, maybe I'm good enough that I can play, like, one with, like, a 20. And it's like, I fell short, like, a million points below what, like, the score I needed. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just fascinating to see, like, a game that was built, like, 
I don't know why. Like, They're like, who is this game for? You know, it, it's kind of interesting. We've never heard of this game before we just randomly saw it on sale. In yeah, it's e another one that if we weren't looking at the games on sale, right. it wouldn't have ever caught our eye for anything. Yeah, like we expect it to just be like, oh, like they just wanted to put something out. But right. Like, <laughs> but this is like a full they game. They put something out. <laughs> <laughs> But like, and it's not like groundbreaking. I'm not telling you like that you need to go out and buy this game. But like, for like, I've been like hurting for a, a new Tony Hawk game or a Hell new yeah. snowboarding game. That's like, it's a a genre that hasn't been in high demand in the past decade or so. Well, yeah, like the big, you know, like Cool Borders or SSX, like we talked about at the top. Like those franchises have kind of disappeared, yeah. you know. So. And, and this is very reminiscent of those, maybe a little less style or a little less polish than those. But, you know, it's it's kind of just straightforward. Here's your path. Here's your level. You're not exploring a lot like DJ, like, for example, played uh, a steep from, I think, EA not too long oh, ago. Right, I guess it was yeah. a few months ago. But that's like totally like open world. And that seems to be like if there is any kind of like skateboarding game or or snowboarding game or any kind of extreme sports game. They, they tend to be leaning towards that these days, yeah. whereas, like, this is, like, definitely more of, like, an arcade experience, hearkening back to, like, the Tony Hawk-type stuff mm -hmm. uh, that I think we all love quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think we're all pretty geared up to we're talk about talk it, unless, about uh, unless you have some more to add to snowboarding. Uh, no, I'm ready to the talk next about phase. the best <laughs> well, let's, Yeah, let's, let's move on to the next phase here and talk about the real game that we all came here to talk about, which is... Uh, uh, well, well, John's been playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, yes. which I'm guessing was inspired by a little bit of uh, snowboarding the next phase. But we've all, I think, have had our fair share of memories with the Tony Hawk Pro Skater franchise. Shit, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So why don't you take it away since you've actually been playing lately, John? Yeah. So this obviously, like, like scratched a small itch for me and then I that itch just grew and grew until I really wanted to play <laughs> turn into a sore really and to then play. you yes. had to play yeah <laughs> um but yeah so uh Lauren and I went to a thrift shop and we were browsing through the titles and I saw they had some PlayStation 2 games and saw that they had Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, which was a game that I bought for PC before I realized what Whoa. PC requirements were. Uh, <laughs> and it, my PC was not strong enough to handle the textures. <laughs> like, it would just load as, like, a gray, like, mass of, like, undefined objects. And I tried playing it because Sony Oxpro Skater 2 was my absolute favorite game. Oh, yeah. Uh, played that on PC. Um, but, yeah, I started playing 3 for the first time, despite owning it for a decade or so. It's a great game. It is oh, a yeah. great game. I've personally not put too much time into 3. I've played a lot of 1 and 2, though. But 3 added a lot of, like, weird objectives, where it's like, oh, put the bury the bully in snow <laughs> and like it's you're like how the hell am i going to do that so you gotta you just grind need, on his head you need to grind on a specific branch above his head <laughs> but yeah it, it's like uh, that series has meant a lot to me over the years oh, yeah. and, so and two is a game that i will play to death and any system every single time i mean it's like the purest form of like the arcade experience you know we've talked about a ton of times on this podcast or at least myself like i love that high score chasing that's feeling. what it and is yeah there's mm -hmm. all these objectives and stuff but nothing for me feels better than like just stringing together 
a bunch of grinds and mm-hmm. backflips yep. and just stuff that no human being yeah. could ever <laughs> fathom doing. Possible. Not even Tony Hawk. Very but, wish uh, fulfillment. But yeah, I, I mean, we're not talking 2180s per se, but the the string of uh, of tricks that you're pulling together and grinding and kick flipping and pop shove it's on on the right. Like you're it's it's un, it's so unrealistic and manualing in between vert ramps. Like it, it's so far fetched, but, but it that's feels what so makes good. the game so great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they the the fact that you know there's there's been some games like skate uh the skate franchise and I, i'm sure there's been others that have kind of veered towards like Ali the more Ali even yeah, yeah even Ali Ali is like a little more like you you really have to time your landings and stuff like that and it's not to say that tony hawk especially when they added in the manuals and stuff like yeah. that you you are having to do a lot of timing and a lot of precision but it's it really is about that high score and then but the the nice balance of high score chasing and that's like you're kind of you that game can be never ending for that aspect but then you do have all your challenges like collecting skate mm-hmm. or collecting the hidden the tape, hidden tape oh, or collecting, yeah. you know, grinding certain rails or clearing a certain gap or some kind of challenge. Like, I don't know. The, these games are just so memorable to me. And, I, you know, I, I am somebody who grow, grew up, growed up, who grew up <laughs> skateboarding. Uh, not a ton. I mean, I could I could only ollie in place. I could never ollie while I was moving or, or do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was just something like at least maybe it was just the right time. But like X Games and all that, like yeah. that was like a big part of growing up as a kid for me. Like I, I loved following that stuff. So yeah. being able to play as all these characters like Tony Hawk and Rune Glyphberg and Bob Burnquist. Oh yeah. yeah and uh, Rodney Mullen, who is my personal favorite. Yep. And yeah, it, it was just a lot of fun. And, and I'm kind of itching to get back into some of these Tony Hawk games. I know they have made like an HD remake of the original game for PlayStation and Xbox. Maybe X- I don't know. Original Xbox, I think for sure has a good version of, Tony Hawk 2, I want to say. They they definitely um, made an HD version of the original Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I don't know what platforms it's on, but it's definitely available. Otherwise, yeah, I, Activision hates Tony Hawk now because they released Tony <laughs> Hawk 5. And, yeah. 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 Uh, That's and, unfortunate. And like the, all the licensing issues with the soundtracks. Yeah. Like, it's just which the soundtracks are always great. I was so, going to say so that's good. something. I mean, Very especially at that, yeah, yeah. at that at that age, like it was like I found a lot of bands like Goldfinger and like Lagwagon. Ch- yeah, like some <laughs> shitty punk bands. Like, <laughs> you like, take that back. It's <laughs> some good hip hop yeah. stuff in there too. For what that's yeah, worth. Anthrax. Yeah. Is Anthrax hip hop? I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 the song Anthrax. I think. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I forget. But who yeah, was. no, there was a ton of cool stuff, and and yeah, I mean, this was like a huge genre for a long time. The extreme sports. I mean, like me and my brother played a ton of Dave Mira BMX bike too. Yeah. Um, all these games, I mean, we were obsessed with them, but Tony, I don't think anybody ever did it better than the Tony Hawk franchise. And no. I, I would really love to see. I mean, it's it's really awesome that they have done like an HD reboot, but I'd, I'd really love to see a collection like, oh, man, if like they even just if it just one, two, two and three, three. yeah, yep. or even one and two, anything even I don't even care. I mean, I want those soundtracks, obviously, but even if they can't get those, I mean, if they just tighten up the visuals a little bit, clean things up. I mean, these were PlayStation 1 era games, so we're talking early 3D. Oh, yeah. I, uh, play, I guess Tony Hawk 3 was PlayStation 2, but we're talking pretty primitive stuff here. So yeah. it would be nice to, to play a game, yeah, give it the, give it the new Super Lucky Tales treatment with there a little uh, polishing up of the controls and visuals and stuff. 
See, I feel like you would uh, get down with number four, John, like just for the little bit of open world aspect to it. And I know that there was, uh, for a while, there was an online MMORPG that someone made for Tony Hawk. I think it was based off the Tony Hawk Underground. Like a or something? Yeah. Yeah, Because I was going to say, Tony Hawk Underground really opened up that open world aspect. Yeah, but like, it, it was... Uh, unofficial like it's i don't know if it's still in existence (laughs) anymore but it was just a a bunch of people like and and, you know like you could upload your own like models for characters so people were like skating as shrek and (laughs) i've definitely seen clips of that yes yes (laughs) but yeah i i honestly just want like i i would kill for a sandbox game that's just in the with the tony hawk engine yeah or even just just like uh you know, I know there's been things like sort of in this vein with in the 2D realm, like stuff like Joe Danger, where you're playing like a stunt, oh, yeah. you know, bike guy or even I guess Ali Ali. But that's more plays like an auto runner. But I mean, I'd like to see this idea like fleshed out and like an open world. I guess we talked about Cedars last week where you're playing on a skateboard, you're a skateboard but you're not, you're not busting out <laughs> any kickflips here. So, <laughs> you know, it'd, it'd be I, I don't know. I like the idea of like an open, really, truly open world game that that lets you kind of explore a world on a skateboard. I, I like that idea. Maybe it exists. I don't know. Maybe I just have not been paying attention for the last decade or so. Tweet at us and tell us. <laughs> yeah, let us know if we're missing something, please. <laughs> um, and also let us know if you if you have some good Tony Hawk memories. Because I, I mean, I could just go on and on with those games. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I just me and my brother played those for infinitely. Yeah. They're still <laughs> great today. The Dreamcast yeah. versions, in particular, of one and two, are oh, also yeah. awesome. By the way, I definitely replayed two on Dreamcast, and I would say that's the definitive. Oh yeah. Version. I would agree. Nice. Heck yeah. All right. Well, uh, well, real quick before we wrap up the Tony Hawk discussion, does anyone have or does everyone or each of us, do we have a favorite Tony Hawk uh, soundtrack song, like oh, a song man, that really geez. sticks out as like a memorable track? Because like I've joked about in, in here in Chicago, like around Halloween or on on or close to Halloween, all the like. I shouldn't say all, but a lot of like the punk or bands in the punk ish scene here do like cover shows. And I've always kind of joked or uh, half joked oh, it's about serious. getting, yeah, getting together I'm a group serious. of people instead of doing like a, instead of doing a, what are some like people do like a Misfits cover set? That's mm. a pretty obvious one for Halloween or whatever. But I, I always thought it'd be really cool to do a Tony Hawk Pro Skater cover set and have everyone dress up as different characters in the games or different skaters. And then cover all the songs that are on the soundtracks, you know, or not all of them, but the ones that we choose. Yeah. But anyways, uh, that, you know, the, the soundtracks are just super memorable to me. I mean, I found a lot of bands, like we mentioned a little bit earlier with Lagwagon or Goldfinger. But any any favorite tracks on any of these games? I know, DJ, you've maybe not played as much of the franchise as us, but I wouldn't say this is my favorite track, but one that really stuck out to me was, uh, if you must, damn it. Del you stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> by who? By who? Del the funky homo. Yes. Oh, That's a great so song. Good. I don't know if yeah. I recognize that one. Randall's got it. You gotta we, watch we were... your ass. If you must. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta brush your teeth. If you must. <laughs> what, what about you randall i guess i know that was gonna be your no choice, that was gonna but... be mine it's all about hygiene with a nice hip-hop, like, <laughs> funky beat right while you're yeah. doing ridiculous 900s or whatever like it's it's it just fits the game so well and that's in tony hawk 3 soundtrack yeah. okay what about you john 
Uh, so there was this was back in the era where I was buying CDs and like going to like specific stores like Sam Goody to find CDs. And one that was one just from the strength of this track alone, I ended up buying a Dub Pistols CD for the track Cyclone off Tony Ox Pro Skater 2. Okay. And it's Cyclone? It's kind of a like it is it's a hip hop group from the UK, but like it is like a lot of the tracks on the actual like CD itself were way more instrumental, but it was it kind of got me like with my foot in the door into like the whole trip hop genre. It's okay. very good. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I was I was a big sucker for Superman by mm-hmm. Goldfinger. Of course. Yep. Um, but a ton of great tracks. I don't even know who who did the turn it up, bring the noise. <laughs> <laughs> I forget who that was from, but just so is Psycho Vision or yeah, Psycho. Psycho Vi- oh, oh that, Power Man Five Thousand. Yeah, yeah. When so collide. many. I mean, like I, like I said, I've I've bought a lot of CDs based on the songs that were in these soundtracks. Mill and Colin, no cigar. Say, I was. Um, How can um, we forget about that? I couldn't believe you hadn't mentioned that yet. Yeah. That was probably, maybe either that or the Goldfinger track, or probably what sparked the the cover band idea. But mm-hmm. but yeah, just just a great mix of like punk, hip hop, yeah, slightly experimental. You know, some like Rage Against the Machine. Some I guess credits. I wouldn't call them like experimental, yeah. but yeah, yeah, <laughs> all over the place. But just a really great like formative soundtrack, at least for those of us that that grew up oh, when yeah. those games were kind of taking hold. Absolutely. Um, but uh, but we'll just move on to another game that has no tie to the Tony Hawk <laughs> franchise. But uh, DJ and I have Ooh. played. I've only played a tiny, tiny bit. But uh, DJ, I think, played all the way through uh, this game called Standby, or I at least not. pretty close <laughs> to all the way through. It's uh, Standby, all one word. And another game that we picked up on super cheap on sale on the eShop. It's normally only 5 bucks, but I think we got it for like 50 cents. So yeah. it was just kind of like, hey, we're both into action, arcadey, twitchy platformers. Let's check it out. Yeah, it's a 2D twitchy platform. Like um, but like with very basic mechanics, it's like you got you you run, you uh, slide, you shoot like down barriers that are in your way, and you've got like a downward dash, and that's like essentially all you've got. But it's really about um, trying to speed run these levels in a way. Um, yeah, there's like a goal on each level of like under. 12 seconds or tens or whatever the timer is but it's like that's like almost like front and center after you beat a level this is what how long it should have taken you right so you're you're stringing along a lot of like really tricky maneuvers and you need to use a decent amount of like precision like when you're jumping and whatnot like there's there's little room for error i found and that was kind of my problem that i've had and again i've only probably played two or three levels at the most maybe five at the absolute most and i'll let you go take it away after this but like it seems like and i don't know if this game maybe originated as a mobile game but it, it definitely has a control scheme that's very limited, like where there's only maybe two buttons unless there's maybe more as the game goes on. But from what I said, like that's like if you're running and you hit the B button, you will slide. If you're not running and you hit the B button, you will shoot. If you're already sliding and you hit the B button, you will also shoot. So there's like all kinds of crazy and the A button is for jump and like. You can't remap the controls, but like I, I for me, it, it was really getting in the way. And I, I do think I'll probably play more of this game, but it just kind of I bounced off it real quick. 
You just um, wish and, A and B were switched. <laughs> well, that, that, not only that, the Mega not Man only that, but I wish that like the slide button was maybe mapped to one of the shoulder buttons, or at least that I could choose to do that if I wanted to, as opposed to like you you are kind of like mashing on the B button a little bit because you're sliding and shooting, and and in a way it, it is kind of intuitive, but you're also doing that to do that like. That downward dash mechanic yeah. where you're like, if you're in midair and you hit B, you'll kind of do like a straight dash down and you're almost like, there'll, there'll be levels that are laid out with like a little bit of an angle and you're also like, you're kind of like dashing down to like ride the momentum of that angle uh, to then take a ramp that will like launch you up higher to break o- break open these walls or whatever. But just so many of the controls being tied to that one button. Um, and again, I, I've been playing quite a lot over the last week or two, so it wasn't something that I was like overly compelled to play because I was already getting sucked into other games. Um, but I do think it's like a, it's a game that I'll probably go back to when I don't have a ton ton of other things on my plate. But uh, I, I was getting a little bit frustrated with that like single or I guess two button mechanic, but or guess, two button guess, input. It's a little lo- too much overlap. In I the guess mechanics. I viewed it differently. It was, it was more so like I can rely on this B button for everything except for jumping. Okay. That so. makes sense. Cause it, it, I mean, it does feel nice to like when I did, when I was starting to get used to it to some degree, it would feel nice to like, there'll be like these areas, like a, I don't know if it's like a flashing red, like region on the ground that like essentially you have to slide to not die. If you're running on this region, you'll die. But if you're sliding, that you're kind of invulnerable, almost huh. like a dodge roll mechanic. Um, but then while you're sliding, you're going to have to like, you're gliding over this red barrier, this red region, but you're also have to like the big like yellow wall. I forget what colors yeah. they are, but I think it's like a yellow orangish wall that you have to then shoot. And again, same thing with that Before B you button. Get to it or else your momentum You'll hit it and, and yeah, and you'll stop still on yeah. the red region and you'll die. So uh, there's a lot of I mean again, we've talked a lot about these twitchy platformers on the podcast and that's something that I typically gravitate towards and I and I, like I said, I, I think I'll go back to this game but just right away it was like maybe it's because of the other games I'm playing currently and it, the control schemes were just a little too different to really get locked in but it, it I was a having a tough time. Yeah, yeah. And that's fair. Um, one thing I really liked is, you know, although, um, you know, there's the achievement or whatever you unlock for completing a level in a certain amount of time, you're still nevertheless, you know, encouraged to and almost like almost required to complete the levels in a quick manner just due to the fact that some of the platforming requires like a certain amount of momentum or whatever yeah so you can't you can't really take your time in certain parts so you are still prompted to go fast you can't leisurely you know just be like i'm just gonna not do the cool way through this level i'm just gonna get through it yeah that's a good way to put it 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 does definitely kind of encourage you or or nudge you down the path of like this is the way to go and that there isn't a lot of you're analyzing the what you're looking at as far as the level design but you're there's not a lot of gray area it is like this is what you need to do there's there's no gray area there it is kind of specifically scripted especially if you want to hit those time limits it's it is frustrating though you know when you have to you know scroll the screen to see the rest of the the challenge and you don't really have enough time to analyze what's right in front of you and how to properly go about it there is a lot of like you need to try many times a little trial and error and and a little bit of memorization going on yeah um, which is not always the worst thing. I mean, in games like Super Meat Boy and, and these twitchy platformers with the bite-sized level, you know, 
layouts or whatever that they typically have a little bit oh, of that yeah. but but i do feel like other games like super meat boy for example do offer a little bit more they, they leave a little room for finesse even though you do have to memorize the level they leave a little leeway a little room to kind of oh i fucked up but i can still kind of save myself where this game does feel like if you fucked up retry the level you know at, at least from the little bit i played again i have not gotten very far um, but are they adding any types of like boss battles or anything like that, or is this strictly platforming challenges? It's, it's just platforming challenges. I'm I've gone through four of the worlds, and there are oh, shit. there are six worlds total from okay. from at least what the what they're showing what? me in the default menu. I don't know if there's maybe some stuff you unlock or whatnot, but. And it's and it's kind of like a similar perspective if anyone's played N plus or any of those yeah. games. Like it's like kind of that zoomed out small character. You're not quite as floaty as you are in those games. Um, it's like how you wish your Sonic games were. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> Sonic Mania is a fantastic game. You won't be oh, yeah. here. Speak for yourself. <laughs> wow, wow. But, okay. and this podcast for that matter. <laughs> I'm just Fair saying, enough. I feel more rewarded in standby than uh, Sonic Mania. No, I wow. don't. I don't feel rewarded yeah. in either game, to be honest. Right. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to playing maybe a little <laughs> more standby. But but it'll have to. It'll definitely be a game that's going to kind of fill a void when I don't know what I'm going to play. You, you know, gotta, there, I, you got to play it in pieces. Like it's just there's a lot to go into like each world. You know, it, it does take a, a good amount of time to really master some of these levels. Are they mixing up like is each world kind of throwing a new twist into the yeah. gameplay? Okay, yeah. Because hmm. it, it for, from what I had played, it kind of seemed like it was gonna stick to these kind of three core mechanics, and and that was gonna be it. But you're feeling like they're throwing some they, new they loops some into new it. Stuff, yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, maybe we'll it, maybe but. we'll talk a little more in the future if I get around to this, or if DJ ends up polishing it off like he does with every other game. <laughs> but uh, but for now, I think we'll uh, leave it there. But yeah, standby. If it's not still on sale, you can still grab it for five bucks. So even though I'm not as high on it, I think we can kind of half-heartedly recommend this one if you're looking for like kind of an arcadey memorization puzzly action platformer i know that's a lot of qualifiers but <laughs> that's exactly what if you're looking for basically any game that exists um but uh but speaking of games that exist uh, <laughs> yes real video uh, the last game we're going to talk about today is, is a uh, game that's came, existed for a, for a long time years. yeah 15 plus years um, I don't know, 15 years, 14 years, whatever, 15 years. No, 15 years exactly. 13 plus. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I've been playing uh, and almost played all the way through uh, Cave Story Plus on the Switch. And I originally played through Cave Story on the Wii, uh, the original Wii. Too. Uh, and then I played a little bit of the 3DS version, Cave Story 3D, which I they really like, they totally changed the visuals and and revamped the soundtrack and did a few things. I, I was not into that version of the game in any capacity. What's mm-hmm. weird is they released Cave Story Plus as well, I believe, on 3DS. Not just that weird 3D version that most people Man. seemingly didn't like. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah I didn't it, know that at all. As an eShop-only type of download thing. Oh, you know what? I th- that rings a bell, actually, yeah. now that you bring that up. But but yeah, this Cave Story Plus version is is essentially... It's not a remake. It It is essentially the same game, although it does add like maybe a few... I think there's like four or five different versions of the soundtrack... Uh, which is just right off the top. We'll just oh. I'll just say is amazing. Like it, it is maybe top five ten video game soundtracks. It is it is um, unbelievable. Yeah, and I'm bold. I'm particularly 
putting it on the, uh, I think it's like the Organia or Organia soundtrack, but there's a few, there's a few different ones. And honestly, I think all of them sound pretty great, except for, I think it's like Ridiculon. It's like a, it sounds like a, like a cheesy metal band cover. Oof of the songs but other than that all this like there's like a fama track soundtrack it sounds more like a super nintendo or a, or an nes game mm-hmm. uh but and some of them are totally different rendition like totally yeah. different musical pieces and to the best of my knowledge this is a game that was developed by studio pixel yep um which is essentially one human one being yep. that goes by the name of pixel i forget what it, i don't know what his real name is <laughs> but uh I, if I'm not mistaken, his uh, he he did the soundtrack for this game. Or yep. I, I know he did the soundtrack, but yeah. I believe he has no musical background and literally developed a program just for making the soundtrack. It's unreal. This game, yeah. Which is just, I mean, these are like the catchiest, like yeah. most upbeat, like. Again, like the, the game is kind of, especially nowadays, like, you know, we talked about stuff on the podcast before, like Hollow Knight or even stuff like Chasm or some of these packages that that have like a nice like mood setting soundtrack. Yeah. But uh, but Cave Story is like going back, harkening back to like the NES or the Super NES days where like these are these are songs that are sticking in your head. Oh, yeah. Like Mega Man or whatever. I'm, I'm humming these songs for days. It's yeah, it's pumping up. There are a couple tracks that maybe like set the mood a little more like moody or like yeah. end game kind of vibes but yeah like for the most part it's upbeat energetic and really like encouraging me to play along and and for the most part this game has like a really nice clip to it you know we've talked about chasm and hollow knight like i mentioned and like these are like these really huge sprawling games and this is like a little bit more you know this is an early like kind of metroidvania rebirth game where it's kind of it is a sprawling world but it, and there are i think a bunch of different endings to the game and mm-hmm, whatnot yeah. based on what you do throughout your playthrough but there's the, essentially like you're you're kind of scripted through this series of events for the most part with a little bit of of leeway, but I, I really like that. I really oh, yeah. kind of appreciate that oh, yeah. scripted nature to things and and the way I'm going. I'm just kind of moving along again. Like the music is helping for sure, but but I'm moving along at like a nice clip that I just feel like I'm always making progress. I've, I've gotten stuck once or twice and there are a few like little gripes in this game where there is like maybe a character that you have to talk to that will trigger like, not, I can't pick up this sprinkler until right. I talk to this character that tells me that it's broken and that I need to replace it. And now right. I need to pick it up. But so on the other side like a, of the coin, this game, I think, tells you more of a story than a lot of other Metroidvanias might. Yes, I, I agree Especially with that. at the time that it came oh, out. Oh, yeah. And, and it's well done. It's, you know, it's a, it's a nice level of mystery. It's a nice level of intrigue. Yeah. Uh, without getting too bogged down or too self-serious. Um, but it, it just, like, it, it really sets the mood uh, not just through the music, but through just the tone of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the experience has been all three times that I've played through it, although I didn't play all the way through on the 3DS because I just wasn't super into that rehaul of the visuals or overhaul of the visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, but this kind of true-to-form version of the game, you know, the, the jumping is a little floaty, but they're, you know, you unlock a bunch of different weapons. You have your standard, like, pea shooter. You can get a different machine gun. You can get uh, like kind of almost like a fireball projectile that bounces on the ground. Oh, you get yeah. some missiles, like I mentioned, and almost like a sword. Like it's it's a range projectile, but a shorter range. And then like you collect, you can get hearts that will refill your health. But you also get these little like triangle pieces that will level up. Each weapon can get up to level three. Oh yeah. And the, as you take damage, you lose. You know, you will drop levels over time. But like for example, like when, once I got the machine gun. Um, once I'm at level three, you have such a powerful shot that you can actually shoot. You can shoot in four directions, left, right, up or down. 
And when you shoot downwards, you can almost use that as like a jet pack that oh, launches yeah. you up and keeps you flying. And you do get an actual jet pack later in the game. Um, but again, there's different things. Like if, if you don't talk to a certain character, they might not give you that jet pack or they might uh you might not get it back you might have to give it back to them to use for something and then if you don't talk to them again you won't get it back for the rest of the game and i'm like i'm guessing that'll factor into different endings that the game might have Mm -hmm. but uh but yeah i mean i i'm just fully i think I'm, i'm on the final like ending part of the game where there's like it's not necessarily a three-tiered boss, but there's, like, no the checkpoints, and you have to bosses beat all these bosses, no and, and yeah, maybe I mean. there's a save point. The save points are few and far between at times. That can be a, a tiny bit frustrating. Yeah. Um, but overall, the the charm and, and everything that this game is bringing to the table, if you haven't played Cave Story and, oh, and you're yeah. into retro gaming in any capacity... There are hundreds of ways to do it, <laughs> you should do it. You really should. I mean, this is a, this is a game that's just... Even again, having experienced it from front to back before, um, it's it's blowing me away again, and I, I I just can't say enough great things about this game, and I'm I'm really excited to play uh, Caro Blaster. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's been a few uh, hiccups with uh, Nicalis publishing this game, uh, Cave Story that is, and and just kind of uh, Pixel or Studio Pixel not getting really any of the the Pro royalties Steve, or yeah. whatever from mm. that, so. Carol Blasters, I believe, a little bit of a spin on like how they got kind of screwed over by Nicalis and yep. incorporates that into the storyline a little bit. So it's another game that I have on my Switch and I'm looking forward to dipping into, especially after playing Cave Story again. Like it, it was a game that I remembered fondly and and thought that it was maybe just a fond memory, but it is still a fantastic game that that stands up with the the best indie games that have come out in the past decade, you know. It doesn't feel as tight control-wise in some ways, but the the challenge level is really great. And and for what it's worth, I did boot up the hard mode from the get-go because I had mm-hmm. played the game before. I beat sure. it. I was like, you know, I'll try the hard mode. And from what I played, like you're you're in the in the regular mode, I immediately reverted back to that because I was not able to find like in the first like I probably played maybe 20, 25 minutes. I found no upgrades, no health oh, upgrades, boy. no anything like that. So I basically had three hit points and nothing beyond that. And in the normal <laughs> mode, I've, I had found the rocket launcher and a yeah. bunch of health capsules. My health right now currently, and again, I'm at the end of the game. Maybe there's a few in the hard mode, but uh, I'm at like 45 health. And from yeah. what I could see, it looked like the hard mode was just going to, you're going to be at three health oh, for the whole God, game. No. You're never going to get Absolutely. any upgrades. No. And and again, I could be wrong with that, but from what I saw, I was like, that is a little stiff for me. That's a little too much to ask, so I'm going to go back to normal mode, which, again, offers up a pretty stiff challenge. It's not an easy game by any means, but I know uh, DJ's the only one of us who hasn't played much of this game, but I, I've been now taking it away that. most. But <laughs> If I'm going to play it, i got to start on the hard mode. <laughs> God, sure. <laughs> but Randall and, uh, Randall and John, do you guys have any thoughts to, to add to this one, or...? Um, the only thing that like occurred to me when you were talking about the weapon upgrade system was like, oh yeah, they that's really similar to how a lot of shmups work. Like a yeah, a, a lot of those retro shmups. As far as like you get to this, uh, you getting upgrades upon upgrades, and it's kind of like they're all stacking on each other, and you're like screen clearing superpower shots that are happening, but you take one hit. Oh, and it starts like draining that, you know, that capability really quickly yeah, back to zero. And I'm like, oh, wow, I never really thought about it that way. That cave story kind of takes a similar approach in the way that you attack. Yeah, like, oh, that's that's, that's a really good uh, comparison, especially because yeah. it, it does, you know, it, 
it doesn't feel like a bullet hell game by any means, no. but you do get at times swarmed by enemies yeah. or some of the bosses that you fight. Uh, there's just some really nice set pieces in the game, and it, it just it just feels again. It's a really just cohesive package yeah. that uh, that has again some of the best music I've ever heard in a video game, oh, at easily. least to my ears. And uh, and the gameplay again, it, you know, it's not as tight as it could be. It's not that pixel perfect platforming, but everything feels really nice. Every all the 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 challenge level is just extremely well balanced. I, I you know yeah that that's a really hard or a really difficult thing to hit, get just right. And again, that's going to be different for everyone. But for me, it's hitting the challenge level just right. I'm feeling satisfied with every challenge I overcome. But at the same time, I'm I'm feeling like I'm progressing at a nice pace and not getting stuck all the time which i really like there's a few small things like i mentioned you got to talk to this character or whatever but a few small upgrades in cave story plus like there's there's one segment where you have to collect five different dogs in this segment bring them back to this one character and in cave story plus you can actually collect them as many you can get all five of them in one swoop and kind of stack them them. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> get that Goomba stack going. <laughs> yep. But uh, in the original version, I believe you had to get one at a time, bring it back to the housekeeper right. or whatever, one at a time, go get another one. So some small quality of life improvements. And again, just just a fantastic game. I, I can't wait to actually finish the game and see if the ending ends up being a little different than what I did the first time when I finished it on the Wii. Yeah. So. Yeah, I yeah. love it, too. I think it's fully worth recommending. Cave Story Plus in particular is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if if nothing else, just listen to the soundtrack. Yes, it is. It is top tier stuff. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we've talked enough video games for tonight. And I think we <laughs> can pretty much wrap it up there. And uh, next week, we'll be back to talk about Baba's You, which is our game of the month for November, which we'll be talking about December 2nd. And then we'll have a few more games that I'm sure we'll all be dipping into or maybe exploring some of these, maybe digging deeper. Maybe yes, I'll sir. beat Cave Story by then. There you go. Maybe uh, John will dip into Pokemon. We'll Ooh. see Pokemon Sword and Shield. <laughs> That's right. So we got a bunch of stuff on the radar. So until next Monday, uh, you can catch us at PursuingPixels.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram. Just look for Pursuing Pixels anywhere, and uh, you'll probably find us. Uh, but until next Monday, we'll catch you then. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Caught that. Bye yeah. bye is you. Bye bye is you. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't hear that. That's great. That's great.